I'm Pat. I'm Sam. And, and this, this is Words for the Soul. Hey, Pat, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's been an awesome day. Uh, hey, Pat. Uh-huh. So, today's going to end our series, and we're going to talk about love. But, um, we're going to do it from a much different approach. Uh, as you know, on this podcast, we're always using the ancient Hebrew language to define how we think of uh, the New Testament text mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to further uh, people's understanding of the Hebrew thinking. Mm-hmm. It's because we believe if we can access the minds of the original writers, then we can bring about truth uh, that is clear and and being understand in the cultural context, context, I'm sorry, cultural context that they lived in, mm-hmm. and so we could further really understand what they're trying to say, mm-hmm. because even though they lived during times of uh, a Roman uh, empire, mm-hmm. uh, and they had the, the Greek and Western mindset was the language of the day, um, they still had a Hebrew mind, a Hebrew culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so we want to look further into uh, the culture and see what does love really mean. So um, as I was driving along today, mm-hmm. uh, the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And he said, look at love in regards to the, my image. Right? So we're going to start out with reading uh, Genesis, okay. and you can go to that. I got it. Yeah, what does that say? Genesis 1. And verse 27. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it says, And God created man in his own image. Mm-hmm. Uh, create in the Strong's um, uh, Dictionary. It basically says the Hebrew word behind created is the Hebrew verb bara, B-A-R-A. Mm-hmm. The idea of creating is an abstract thought that is foreign to Hebrew thought. The concrete understanding behind this word can be seen in 1 Samuel 2 and 29. Why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by my people Israel. In this passage is the word fattening, which is the same Hebrew verb bar. By extension, this word also means to fill up. Okay. All right. So God, basically, if we were just to break it down into um, easy-to-understand languages, like, why are you filling up something uh, with... Why are you filling something with something other than my image? filling up something with some with something other than my image why are you giving credit uh to this uh, character to this or uh, praise to this thing that's not me so um we're going to further develop that word mm-hmm. um by breaking down that that verse um and breaking down the words and seeing 
how that how they thought about each word. Um, so well, it says here the idea of creating, right? Mm-hmm. Bara is the idea of creating. So if you look at any artist, because um, I kind of want to dive into it a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, to kind of clear it up okay. a little bit more. Um, because if you look at an abstract painting and in, in, in on a rare occasion someone will walk up in an art gallery and really get the artist and what the artist was trying to uh, bring you know betray. Yeah, betray thank you uh, because you know an art is, is is still left up to your own perception so to speak mm-hmm. but when it comes to our bodies our characters mm-hmm. our mindsets and where our heart is that is signature artwork right you know it's original it's originals mm-hmm. right because there's no copies with no human being okay okay we all have a unique eye signature you know uh, mm-hmm. fingerprint right yeah and 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 uh, unique heartbeat Pat you said that a whole lot better than I did <laughs> you, very, that's a very good clarification of what that really is mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we, that's a, that's a, in talking in regards to uh, create mm-hmm. and then the next word is image mm-hmm. uh, it's and oh, by the way, I want to give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. Um, this information is from a uh, Hebrew, ancient Hebrew scholar. Uh, his name is Jeff uh, Boehner. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff A. Boehner. If you want to look up his work, he has some wonderful things that really um, opens up the, the Hebrew thought and culture. Mm-hmm. But in saying that, the next word is image. This word is literal, literally a shadow which is the outline or a representation of the original. Mm. When we read, and God created man in his own image, our minds form a mental picture of what we, we look like and then attribute this picture to God himself. In the Hebrew mind, it is not the appearance of something that they concentrate on, but its function. The passage is not implying a picture of a man or God but their function. Through the Hebrew words of the text, we see that God had placed within man a shadow or representation of his own function, goals, purpose, thoughts, etc. It is our responsibility to live our lives as representatives of God, acting in the same manner as he would. I guess another word for this would be character. And if you look at our bodies, can I expound on that a little yeah, bit? Yeah, sure. Because uh, uh, I know you were trying to say something. I didn't want to mess you up. But when I look at our bodies and how God made us from dirt, mm-hmm. and then if we look at all the other things that's in the dirt, mm-hmm. for every disease, there's an herb that can pretty much, you know, uh, uh, combat that, right? Right. So if we look at the minerals that's in the earth, like gold, silver, right? Um, they all have a function, right? Right. There's just certain things like copper works very well with electricity, right? Right. Uh, because our bodies work off electricity, right? Right. So that's our that's our function. 
So what you were talking about just now when you were reading is the function of a thing, you know, right. which is we are not just mere pieces of artwork. Right. We have a function. And when an artist, going into what I was saying earlier, draws a particular, particular painting or, or, you know, or, or paints a particular painting, he has a he has a he has something he wants to evoke out of people. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants he wants people to or she wants people to look at that art piece of art and get inspired. You know, by whatever you can muster up from what's in from within you. Right. So God made us in His image, and I know you're going to go into that a little later. God made us in His image to bring out things out of us to really show okay who the artist really is behind this masterpiece of a body that we walk around in awesome that's an awesome way to think about it um also i want to remind you guys that names um in the hebrew language mean a whole lot it it's a reflection of uh, the character or characters uh, or characteristics of that individual um, so it's different um, than English English is just basically um, names mean is an identifier but it's more than that in Hebrew it actually uh, is character it symbolizes the character of that person or who that person is so it's a lot deeper um, so a question that we should be asking when uh, God says that he made us in his image is what is God's character this is a this is a deeper uh, question so in the New Testament we see the word image but we also see where it says God is love mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, we also see that from that love he says he loved the world but in our Western mindset, we're automatically going to say that's a feeling. We're going to associate a feeling with that. And to some extent, that's not necessarily our fault because we get our Western thinking from the Greek thinking. In the Greek thinking, they broke down loves into many different types of love, phileo, uh, this love, this love. So you had a love for your sisters, you had a love for your um, your house, you had a, everything had a different name and it signified what type of love that was. But in the Hebrew culture, that's not so because love takes on a completely different thing. It's mm-hmm. when you're talking about a person's character, you wouldn't normally think that that's referring to love, mm-hmm. but that's how God defines himself. He defines himself by his character. And he defines us by our character. So, in other words, you're saying God doesn't have love. God is love. Absolutely. That's awesome, Pat. So, um, in saying that, we're trying to basically um, set a foundation for the way you should be thinking in regards to love. And this is not only, this only doesn't extend to only your family doesn't extend to only your wife, doesn't extend only to um, people that you know. It's all encompassing. 
you know, um, so, so basically, uh, if I, uh, what was the next verse that, what, what was the next thing that you wanted, uh, to read? Cause I was going to veer off for a second. Oh no, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Do what you um, need to. I, I, I was going to go to John 3.16. Oh, yeah, go ahead. It, you know, everyone knows that, right? Yeah, absolutely. But but I want to give everyone a different way to look at it. Okay. So it says here <clears throat> that for God so loved the world that he gave. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to focus on gave. Okay. His only begotten son. Right. Now, you wouldn't probably think this offhand, but let's replace only begotten son with the word love. Okay. So, and let's read it over. All right. For God so loved the world that he gave, right, his love. Mm. He gave his only love. That's amazing. Right? Now, that whosoever believeth Mm -hmm. in his love. Now, we're going to replace him, the word him, with love again, right? Mm -hmm. So, I'll start over. It says, for God so loved the world. Lord have mercy. This this just touched me right now. (laughs) It's like, it touched me like I got ready to read again and I felt it in my stomach. (laughs) Like, it hit me. It hit me. No, there's so like, much like, in this. I'm telling you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get through this. Okay. So it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only love that whosoever believeth in love should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, I want people to really understand. I'm not trying to add to the Bible or no, take anything not. away. I'm not trying to re-quote scripture. Pat, I'm going to... It's amazing <laughs> that you said it that way. You know why? This is so amazing how the Lord works, how the Holy Spirit works. Because I'm going to back up right now what you're saying. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Brother, go ahead. Colossians 1.13. Read that. All right. Let me go to Colossians 1.13. Okay. And, um, all right, so Colossians 1 and 13. I got to first get through Philippians. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so 13 says, who hath, uh, chapter 1, verse 13, right? right? Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us unto, into the kingdom of his dear son? Now, wow, now. When Jesus was like talking to them about the kingdom, mm-hmm. what did he tell them? The kingdom has come upon you, right? Right. Now, you go to John 3:16 and he says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Which is the kingdom. Right. Which is love. Right. That whosoever believeth in this kingdom, believeth in this love, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. So, if we don't really understand, according to the Hebrew, how deep that goes, because we're going off of a nation that did not have that 
relationship with him that the Hebrews and the Jews had. Right. Right? And they're trying to interpret something. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot take a love for your sister, your brother, or your wife and, and, and put that as the same as a love for God. Right. Or the love that God has, right, for for us, which is Himself, right, right. The reason why you can't put that at, at, on the same level is because if you truly understood what love really was, it will make a man stay faithful to his wife when his wife has given him no reason to mm -hmm. stay faithful, because that man would understand that he is married to God first, right, and God is the standard. That that man is watching for his love, you know, to 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 be ultimately grow into. Okay. So so, if, if let's take Hosea, God told Hosea to marry a prostitute because Israel was prostituting, you know, and 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 then left God and start going off with the devil, right? Right. With serving Balaam and all that, right? right? So if we look at the word love. We would understand that love is not conditional. Right. This is the character of God. And I know you're going to go into some 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 stuff, oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but these are the characters. This is this is the character that God has. That God is. That 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 that. that it's even hard for me to explain because it's not a it's not even something that He has. It's. It's, it's something that comes from it's who him. It, who it is. <laughs> like I was explaining to you earlier, Pat, I always explain it this way. When you, are, when you accept Jesus, when you believe, you go from an earthworm to a lion. So there's no way to explain that. There's no way that you would even put that together. <laughs> so I it, tried, though. If, but you can see the visual image yes. of an earthworm right. versus a lion. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. How insignificant you are, and you're literally going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You're transferred to the kingdom of light. Come on now. So, this is a, just a visual image that you can you can see what happens to you on the inside. Your your character comes from <coughs> goes from one digging dirt <laughs> to one that's the king of the jungle, king, right, kingship. So. In saying that, I want to further develop <coughs> excuse me, the idea of God's character from Genesis 1.27. Mm -hmm. So it says here, so what does this mean, meaning the character of God, what, uh, what, what is God's character? So what does this mean? In Genesis 1.27, we saw that when it says God created man in his image, it is in fact saying that God had place <coughs> within us a representation of himself. This representation is his, is his Shem, or character, and we are to show this character to others. If, however, we represent <coughs> that character falsely, in other words, live our lives contrary to the character of God, then we are viol violating this command. In the next passage, uh, we will take a closer look at what it means to be filled with the image of God. So, <clears throat> so it says, and I have in Exodus thirty-one three, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom, 
in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. <coughs> so literally, it's saying that God is filling him with these certain characteristics and attributes that is embodying who he is. Mm -hmm. So that's absolutely amazing. So, as you know, there's a drastic shift in the New Testament. So you have Jesus, and Jesus says, was born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. He was not born of a man, but he was born of the Spirit of God, right? And he came into the world, and when, as he grew, he grew in uh, wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. But not the way we understand it. I'm going to give you some brief definitions of these things. So, wisdom, uh, uh, this is, uh, it says here, uh, wisdom, I'm just going to read it here, the verbal root for this word is hakam. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. That's H-H-A-K-H. A.M. and means to separate between good and bad, right and wrong, left and right, up and down. All right, mm -hmm. and then understanding the word for understanding is tovan, comes from the the root word beyond b i y n. I guess that's what it, meaning to understand. But the more deeper meaning of this word can be found in re related verbal root, which means to build. In order to build or construct something, one must have the ability to plan and understand the process needed. Right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> then the last word is knowledge. The Hebrew word for knowledge, a noun derived from the verb yada, means to know. The, the idea of knowing in ancient Hebrew thought is similar to our understanding of knowing, but is more personal and intimate. We may say that we know someone, but simply meaning we know or of his or her existence. But in Hebrew thought, one can only know someone if they have a personal and intimate relationship. In Genesis 18:19, God says about Abraham, I know him, meaning he has a very close relationship with Abraham. And in Genesis 4.1, it means that Adam knew Eve, his wife, implying a very intimate sexual relationship. Knowledge is the intimate ability to perform a specific task or function. So God defines those three words much differently. He defines it in terms of his character, of who he is. And in, if you read in, I think it's John chapter 17, where... Jesus defines who God is, He said, or eternal life is. Mm -hmm. He says, this is eternal life, is to know me, the Son, and know my Father that sent me, right? Mm -hmm. So, but that word that we just think of it, ab you know, abstractly as just knowing or being familiar with Him, it's much deeper than that. It means an intimacy with Him. Now, now, it says here in John chapter 17, verse 3, mm -hmm. it says here, and this is life eternal. Mm -hmm. They might know, I'm sorry, that they might know the, the only true God right. and Jesus Christ. Right. 
So this is where Jesus this is where Jesus is pointing to the Father. Right. And then pointing back saying, Okay, I am one with the Father. The Father. Right. Right. Whom thou hast sent. So he says, I'm gonna read it again, and this is life eternal. So he's saying, I am eternal life. Mm-hmm. Right? Which is representation of the tree of life. Right. Right? In the garden. I have, uh, it says, and this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Uh, verse 4 says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. So, basically, Jesus is saying, I came here to represent us, mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, to show you who we are, our character, how we operate, so that you can understand when I talk about my Father, I want you to get an understanding of what I mean because I'm going to love you the way the Father loves me. Right. And Jesus said, um, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, <clears throat> because I believe uh, one of his disciples said, show us the Father. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But you can for- further illustrate this if you read Colossians 1.15 for me. And it further tells... Colossians 1 and 15? Yeah. Who the God? And I, I, before, while you're looking that up, I also want to um, just... Be, the verse that you read in Colossians 1, 13, mm-hmm. uh, the diff, my version of it, which is a lexicon, mm-hmm. says, uh, the kingdom of his son he loves. So this is what I was trying to illustrate in, in that. Part yeah. because And this one says the kingdom of his dear son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your dear son he loves, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but back to this, um, mm-hmm. if you read Colossians one fifteen, what does that say? Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Okay, so it says, did it say Jesus? It says... Read the who, verse before it. Okay, so the verse before it, which is 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Verse 15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Verse 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, if for some reason you still have a hard time figuring out who this is talking about well let's go to this mm-hmm. verse 16 says for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now now you have to look at who what does genesis say about who made the earth it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you go to, um, uh, uh, if you go to, I'm sorry, I created, I, I, I uh, not created, I quoted 
uh, John. Mm-hmm. Now I want to create. Um, what's wrong with me? I can't talk. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm right. going to quote Genesis. Now right. I always, I always get them too mixed up. Right. But it says here, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Mm-hmm. Right, and God said, "Let there be light," and there was light. Now, mm-hmm. now, how is it? It says the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. And then it says, and God said, let there be light. Right. right. So there's two things in play there. Mm-hmm. But really, it's kind of like it's not two things because it's like you have one body, but two arms. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So the word comes out of your mouth and it's a person. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Pat, you just said a whole lot right there. Okay, so of what I want to to let people understand that love is a person. Come on, love is a person. So if love is a person, it's the character of the, of Jesus Christ in you that functions through the Spirit of God that allows you to walk out what He's called you to. Just like He did. Just like He did. So He says, "As I am in this world, so, so will you be." Yep. So are you. So this, this, that is a absolutely amazing that you brought that up. Um, to further illustrate that, um, it was, what was I thinking of? Yeah, because I last left off at Colossians uh, 1 and 16. Right. Is that where you wanted me to stop and you wanted me to read another verse? Oh, no, no, that's, you're fine. Okay. Um, I just want to finish this up. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about the three different uh, characteristics of God. And it says a more in-depth meaning behind the three words, we can better understand Exodus 31.13 as follows. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with the ability to distinguish between the good and the bad, and the ability to discern the processes of uh, construction, and with the, an intimate ability to perform the task, and in all manner of workmanship. So he based on the definitions that he gave, he gave a more accurate um, meaning of that verse. Now, I quoted earlier, to go with what you're saying, I quoted earlier chapter 1st John, um, uh, St. John, the first chapter. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The right. same was in the beginning with God. Okay, that's what. And that's why that's I wanted to read it again. Want, that's what I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> that's what I wanted you to quote. And I think, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, first, uh, first John also says pretty okay. much the same thing. I think. Okay. But that's what I was thinking of, and you brought it back to my attention. Uh, yes. I just when you said what you just said, I wanted to read it again because that yeah. second verse, uh, which is the same was in the beginning with God, is what I yeah. wanted to really read it for. Yes. And know. I think that's the I think that is the actual chapter I'm looking for. Okay. But, but okay. You can see. Is that correct? This is well in in First John, hmm. uh, it says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Now, John mm-hmm. is taking it a little further. Yeah, he's actually it's, taking those same words. Yeah, and he's yeah. saying, hold on now. I know I told you earlier mm-hmm. that God in heaven 
was working with someone else called the Word. Mm -hmm. And this Word had created everything. And his word, his, just so you guys know, his, he got a new name, uh, which was always was his name, but it was new to us. Right. Uh, which was, and it wasn't Jesus, it was Yeshua. Right. But, you know, in the 1600s, you know, that's when they created the letter J. Right, right. You know, because it was always I's and Y's. Right, right. You know, but but Yeshua came and John is saying, I'm telling you, it's Yeshua. I'm telling you, it's Jesus. I'm telling you, he's that word because we touched him. We've handled him. We've seen him. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen the miracles he's did. We've seen the word that that that, brought, that was brought to pass you know, that Isaiah talked about, you know, we've seen all the, we've seen certain prophecies fulfilled, you know, when he showed up. And uh, so this is the thing that really is interwoven all throughout scripture mm -hmm. from the Old Testament to the New Testament. It all speaks, all of these people didn't know each other. Yeah. Because there were hundreds and thousands of years apart from each other. Yeah. But they all wrote about God mm -hmm. and 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 they wrote about his spirit right they they wrote about how could these how could all of those prophets understand all of these intimate layers that we're talking about and we got it all in front of us yeah. so how could they have it unless he was all the way back then yeah it, it was absolutely it was revealed to them and see when you start really understanding the meanings of those things, mm -hmm. it opens a whole new perspective on the Word of God. Um, man, there's so much in First uh, John. Mm. I mean, there is so much, but it's it's called the love chapter for a reason. <laughs> there's so much uh, information in there, and but I want to touch on a couple things. I want to touch on what it means to be born again. Right, and that's in John, uh, John three. I can't believe you get ready. That's what I was getting ready to read. I was getting ready to read that. Okay, good. I can't believe that. All right, so me, I was yeah. gonna cut you off and say, let me read this first. <laughs> okay, well, this is what came to me. Uh, that which we have, it says that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. The true and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Jesus Christ. I'll let you bring it home. Go ahead. Cause you know, I, I just what came to me with this no, no, was, go ahead. what came to me was he's trying to say, I want you guys to understand, you know, that Jesus came. We we've seen him, you know, we've we and we're here to declare that same message, you know, unto you. Right, and and, it, and he says that ye may have fellowship with us. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying he's come to bring fellowship with the Father. Right, right. So no more enmity. No more. That's right. No, there's peace. Jesus actually, um, he 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 broke down that division that created animosity, created that separation. Um, separation with God. And one of the one of the important things that I wanted to say that you had said something earlier to me in regards to the fact that when Adam and Eve sinned, they lost 
light. It was They actually had the glory of God and the Holy Spirit that indwelled them. And the Spirit of God literally left them at that moment. So they lost that image. That was the image of God. It was the breath of God breathing into them. That was literally the... The, the, the characteristics of God that they lost. They lost the inner characteristics of God. And this is what Jesus came to replace. He came to, to bring that back into us, the Holy Spirit, because whenever he breathes on us, then our eyes are open and we can see now. We're, we're no longer in darkness. He's brought us from the kingdom of the, the darkness into the kingdom of light. He's really transferred us, as he says. See, if we really connected all these scriptures together, they're proving each other. Yeah. When Moses came down off the mountain, his face was shining <laughs> with the glory of yeah. God. Wow, and, man! You just so oh, no. so that so so to back up what you said, my brother. Mm. If Moses had forty days with God mm. on the top of a mountain and came back with his whole face showing like it was lit up with a light bulb on the inside. Imagine what Adam and Eve was walking around looking like with God in the garden. Yeah. Now, their whole bodies were glowing, mm -hmm. shining, radiating with what, you know, and it's the same glory that the angels are covered in. That's why the angels, if anybody's ever had a, an experience with an angel, they would understand why they glow and, and they, their bodies are so illuminated. Because they're always in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, I want to, one of the first verses, one of the first chapters um, that I ever preached a sermon on mm -hmm. um, was in regards to... Uh, what you just said in regards to the glory of God, I believe mm -hmm. it's in Second Corinthians, and I want to say chapter three. I'm going to check it out here. Okay. And I want to read something here. Listen to this, but we all, with open faces, behold as a, a glass the glory of the Lord, <laughs> are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. So, and the further, he was talking about, uh, let me just go up further here so you can see this. But even unto this day, when Moses read, the veil is upon their hearts, speaking of the Jewish people. <coughs> nevertheless, when it shall, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. <laughs> but we all, with open faces, behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as the Spirit of the Lord. Now, in the, first, in the verse before that, it says, the glory Moses had was uh, transitory, meaning it was changing. That's why he kept the veil on the face, because he knew, didn't want the people to see that the glory was going to fade, Right? But he's saying that we now have the Spirit of God on the inside, on the inside that glory that does not fade. So it's from glory that faded to glory that remains. And this is what it's talking about. You know, you know how I know the Holy Spirit be bringing ideas to me? Yeah. Because they're so from left field. As you're talking, 
it's like the Holy Spirit brings a pregnant woman to my mind. Mm. And I'm like, how does that connect <laughs> with what you're okay. saying? But why it connects? Because the Holy Spirit brings it and then gives me the understanding right. that the, the, the people from, you know, like your grandma's time, right. they were trained <laughs> yeah. to tell when somebody was pregnant. Right. Because they said your nose Looks like it done either is shining, swelled up. I used oh, to hear it that, all the time. I get you. I get you get you. what I'm saying? There was a, a shine. There was a shine. There was a glow. <laughs> okay. And I used to hear it all the time. Like, what are these? What are these? Uh, uh, what are, what are these people talking about? Right. You know. And and then I realized. I said, Wow. As I begin to get a little older, and I used to see how, um, uh, I used to see women when they were pregnant. How their face would be so like it has that Radiant, glow to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's like a birth it, it was like it was just <laughs> because they were carrying life in them. Yeah. Right? You know, like enough life for two people. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, you got them, those light bulbs that dim, you know, yeah, you can yeah. t- turn it up brighter or whatever, right? So I'm looking at that is a physiological thing, man. It's a mm-hmm. physical thing. You know, along with a spiritual thing. Yeah, yeah. So here it is. You are literally shining on the inside so much so that it radiates on the outside. Mm. And then you have people that are that are gifted to see in the spirit world. They can see when a Christian is walking down the street because they are like yeah, covered in light. Right. And I know, for, you know, for everybody out there. I'm kind of going off on the deep end right now because I'm talking about some spiritual stuff now, right. you know, because you got people that have claimed, hey, look, God has opened up my eyes. I'm seeing people walking down the street with angels walking with them. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing unsaved people walking with demons with them. And I'm seeing people that have, you You can tell who's having major problems no, in their the, life. The problem, the, the thing is that there is a spiritual world and, uh, if you're not aware of it, you're still being affected by it, mm-hmm. right? And what you're saying is is absolutely right. I want to. There's there's something that I want to touch on real quick. Okay. All right. So I'm going to touch on two things. I'm going to kind of go forward and then I'm going to backtrack. Okay. Okay. So in this verse here on Second uh, Corinthians chapter three and twelve, it says, uh, "But we all, w- with open faces, beholding." As in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. That is very important because that same verse is in a chapter that we don't understand. You know, First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen mm-hmm. at the very end, mm-hmm. where it says that we're being changed from uh, when uh, we behold we behold God. God face to face. Right. Okay. Uh, so First Corinthians uh, chapter thirteen in uh, verse what? It's a very last verse okay, there. For uh, let's see. Okay. For now we see through a. Oh no no. Yeah that's yeah that's you, it. That's it. Yeah. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known, and now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. So this is a clarification of what that face-to-face is. <clears throat> okay. We often think of that face-to-face as 
something that's going to be in the future. But what is this talking about? Mm-hmm. He's actually talking about beholding the image of God. Mm-hmm. So this is a more of an intimate thing. He's not talking about looking at a face as we would look at it. He's talking about literally looking into the character who God really is to know him, you know? And, and I, I would explain it like uh, if you have an intimate relationship with your wife, mm-hmm. you know, when you look into her eyes and look into her face mm-hmm. and you really care about her, there's something more there. Right. You're connecting mm-hmm. on a different level. level. And this is the same thing that God is talking about. He says, but, but we all with open face behold as in a glass the glory of the Lord. It's a reflection. So when you look into his face, you actually see a reflection of who you're supposed to be. And as you see that reflection, you are changed into the same image, into the same character, from glory to glory. So this is what that's talking about. This is the end of the love chapter. But I further want to expound something with you. The chapter before that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, gives talks about the gifts. And it says the gifts are without uh, repentance, meaning that... Um, you're not going to lose if once you get a gift you're not going to lose it from mm-hmm. God it continues to operate so you can operate outside of the character of God and still operate in the gifts mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but Paul gives us a, a very deep understanding in the very last verse when you read that on chapter 12 and the very last verse okay it says uh, have all uh, it says have all the gifts of healing do all speak with tongues do all interpret but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show, show I unto you a more excellent way. So, one of the things that you really need to remember is that there were no chapters and verse, so we forget to look at what is Paul talking about, a more excellent way. This goes into chapter 13, which talks about if you have all these gifts, and you have all these things, but you don't have love, you have nothing. What is it saying? If you do not have the image of God, Right, And then it ends up by telling you that looking into the face of God, you will become that same image, reflection of that same image that you're looking into. And then, then it tells you that these things are eternal, faith, hope, and love. But I want to go a little bit further, Pat. I'm sorry I'm talking so long. No, no, right, but right. the golden rule, the verse that sums everything up for Christian is this, is love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to give you a little bit of a revelation in terms of that. If you love your neighbor as yourself without knowing God, then you're loving your neighbor through a sinful nature. That is not what God meant. What he is saying, love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. So as you see the image of God and the spirit of God indwells inside of you, which allows you to reflect the image of God, right? So so let me make sure I'm following. Mm -hmm. So you're saying if you are doing what God say do, you're not going to, let's say, get hungry and decide, uh, you know what? I am upset at myself for getting hungry. So I'm going to feed myself in anger and bitterness. So I am, when my neighbor disturbs me or does something to cause me to uh, get upset, I know I can't treat them any old kind of way because the Bible told me that's wrong. Right. But 
I'm going to still speak, but I'm going to speak with a frown on my face instead of speaking from a heart of love and looking past their faults and seeing their needs and speaking from a place that says love is sacrifice and love is not conditional. So is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm saying that the reality of this thing is this. When Jesus has shined his love into your heart and you see his true image, then you become what you see. This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that this is a real thing where you're being transformed about, and your mind is being renewed and you're being matured into this new love. So I always say it like this. You're not only, you're not only righteous, you're not only perfect, but you're being perfected. So this is why Jesus could say, be holy as I am holy. We don't understand that word. We don't understand the word means mature. So there's what Christ has done for you. That's the overall picture. He's given you redemption. Mm -hmm. he's, he's brought you back. Mm -hmm. He's given you, he, you're as righteous to God as if you, you're justified as if you've never sinned. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. giving you all that through the cross. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But on top of that, uh, on top of that, he's also, uh, he's also given, he's also maturing you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's a maturing process from a child to an adult. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. and this is what that word means. It's not meaning perfect as we know it, meaning making mistakes. That's not what God is talking about. He's talking about um, maturing or knowing Him, getting to know Him as you get to know a person that you just met. Right, you you learn them. Right, mm -hmm. and in learning them, you you continue to love them deeper. Mm -hmm. So this is what He's talking about in maturing and in being perfect meaning that you're maturing into his image and what he's like. Mm -hmm. It is not talking about a person that is absolutely perfect. They never do anything wrong. He is talking about his character being formed in you, his character growing up in you. Mm -hmm. growing. So Paul described it as growing from a babe in Christ, mm -hmm. drinking milk to being mature mm -hmm. and eating on those that real food, that steak, that meat, right? So this is what we're talking about. Um, I don't even know how we got off on that, but... Well, because you were talking about how loving your neighbor as yourself. Right. So so basically, that's the reason why I gave the type of analogy I gave, because I think people don't understand sometimes how we can put on a form of godliness. Right. And But if we truly understood a person... Just as you said, a person could, uh, you know, what you just described was, you're not talking about a person that don't make any mistakes, right? Right. Because just because somebody might get in a bad mood, that doesn't mean that's their character. Right. Just because somebody make a mistake and, um, you know, they might get angry, that might not be their character. You know, that might just be, you know, them having... A, a bad day, you know, that's, that, that was an anomaly somewhere within, you know, that, that person's mm -hmm. mental uh, understanding that day, right? So what you're basically saying from, from what I get from what you're saying is God wants you to know who he truly is on such a deep level that if he yelled out in a crowd, you would know his voice. 
you know, uh, if he if he pretty much showed up in disguise, but you watched his mannerisms, you could tell that was him. Yeah, I want it's a friend, just like I know you, and I have a friendship with you. Mm. It's a friend, like Abraham was a friend of God. Mm. You know, mm. um, one of the thing is that we have to have the spirit of God to understand the spiritual things of God. So Jesus, there was a uh, a Jewish rabbi, and he came to Jesus by night, <coughs> Nicodemus, mm -hmm. and he was like, how are these things possible? Mm -hmm. and, the, and Jesus told him, you got to be born of water and born of the spirit. Mm -hmm. But I've, I've researched that word water, and I've come to realize that it actually is, he's talking about the word, right? So he was really talking about himself because he was the word, right? You have to be born of water and the spirit. So actually the truth and the spirit, right? And this is the, the, the Holy Spirit indwelling you. And, and Paul further tells you in Galatians, I think that chapter 5, that um, if you uh, follow the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. So all the characteristics, which we don't have time to go into now, but all the characteristics of who God is, is exemplified through the Spirit. So, but you, in your own will, there's always two trees in the garden. You can either follow your flesh, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you can follow the Spirit, right? And the Spirit is going to lead you into certain characteristics of God that you're going to display. And if you follow after the Spirit, if you, if you follow after the Spirit, then you're going to exemplify these characteristics and everybody's going to be see, see that and they're going to be able to pick from your fruit right mm -hmm. so this is what you want this is the, the the essence of everything i know that we're just basically breezing over things and touching on them well well that's the reason why i i'm i uh the analogies that i'm giving i'm trying to really give the audience an understanding mm -hmm. that you really don't begin to know someone until you really date them. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and I, I've often told my kids, I've often, you know, told their friends, you have to date God and you have to date yourself. Right. You know, so, so this is, this is what this whole series of what we're talking about, faith, hope, and love, uh, is getting to know God on all these different levels so that you can believe in him when he sends you through some hard things, you know, uh, and and love him when you don't get everything you want when you want it. Right. And that will help you to become more uh, closer to him. So, yeah, exactly. No, you said it perfectly right, Pat. And, um, man, there's so much in this series, and it's so deep, and we can really get into... Um, further into this and to really have an in-depth uh, Bible study on this. But I think, um, you know, we've done all we can do with this. And hopefully uh, this helps you in your own walk with God. Uh, but if you want, you really want God, just seek who he is and you'll find him. He's always available. Um, and he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you knowledge. So Pat, once again... Yep. It's time to end. It's too soon. Uh, but what we want to say is thank you so much uh, for listening to us, for listening to Words for the Soul. And uh, we look forward to our next episode. And uh, you guys have a great day. And this is Sam. And Pat. Thank you for listening to Words for the Soul. Have a wonderful day. Bye.